Well, welcome again, everybody. Uh, my name is David. I'm excited to continue today's, uh, continue the series that we kicked off last week. We're calling Rhythms for Life. Rhythms for Life. We're all cooped up right now. Many of us are rethinking daily habits, looking for little anchors to help us through. And so in this series, we're exploring spiritual practices that can help transform our lives. And the hope is that we would not just implement spiritual practices that can help our lives here and now in the midst of COVID-19, but could help our lives for, for, for the rest of our lives going forward. Uh, and so last week, we kicked things off by talking about the, 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 the topic of prayer. Uh, today, we're going to consider the topic of meditation. Now imagine there might be a f- some of you that are thinking, meditation, are you sure it's a Christian practice? But sure it is. In fact, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, author and martyr during Nazi Germany, uh, was once asked why he meditates, and he replied, because I'm Christian. Uh, sadly, this is a practice that has fallen out in modern times. It's not something a lot of uh, modern-day Christians practice, at least where we are in the world, which is really too bad. Because the Bible is filled with calls and invitations to meditate. So, what is Christian meditation? And what are the benefits available for you and for me? What we'll see, I believe, is that meditation is not some overly lofty and complicated practice that's reserved only for the spiritual giants, the, the most spiritually mature. But in fact, it's actually not all that complicated. And it's something available and beneficial to every follower of Christ. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Psalm chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the first three verses. So Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Uh, In this text, we see three things. We see a warning, a promise, and a practice. So we see a warning, promise, and practice. So first, a warning. And that is, in verse 1, I think we see we need to watch our input. Uh, Look again, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. We need to watch our input. You don't have to have graduated from middle school to know that the people that we hang around and spend our time with uh, really impact who we are and who we are becoming. Uh, When I was in middle school, I had a number of different group uh, groupings of friends, and depending on the season, actually literally the athletic season, uh, I would hang out with different friend groups, and I would become a different person. So, for instance, during baseball season, all the baseball players, at least where I was, uh, really just made fun of each other. That's like there's not a whole lot you can do out on a baseball field but chew sunflower seeds and make fun of one another. So I would just make fun of uh, my teammates, but then I'd make fun of people in a classroom and back at home. It just helped. It just you know, influenced who I was and, and, and my actions. Uh, but the input that shapes us doesn't just come from those we hang around physically. Uh, in the 21st century, we have many inputs that come at us digitally. And I think all the more right now while we're sheltered in place during COVID-19. We've got to watch our input. For example, I just read a couple of days, a couple of days ago that pornography is really surging in the U.S. right now. 
Uh, for decades, Christian leaders have been saying, we've got to watch out here. This is going to really affect us, cause a lot of harm. It's not God's design for us. Uh, nowadays, it's not just religious leaders who are saying this, but secular experts who are also saying, watch out. Pornography negatively impacts relationships and warps expectations around intimacy and so on. Uh, we have to watch our input. Uh, we have to watch our input even with, with good things. For instance, social media. I mean, social media is something we're trying to leverage even as a church for the sake of ministry and for the sake of being out in the community and, and, and making an impact. Um, social media is a wonderful thing to get connected with others and, and to be in touch and celebrate the different things happening in our lives. But if we're not careful, social media can be something that we spend an inordinate amount of time on. And we, we receive a, an inordinate amount of our identity from and when that is us, it can really affect us and affect our relationships. Or take one other thing, you know, news, reading the news. I'm, I'm a bit of a, a news junkie. I guess it goes back to my poli-sci days. But I've found that if when I read the news too much, I mean, part of me is, I, I, yeah, part of my job is to read the news. I need to, as a pastor, know what's going on around, around the world. But I've read too much, especially certain types of news, for example, election cycle news, uh, it can really affect me. I can get kind of depressed, sad, down, maybe even a little bit angry. And not just while I read the news, but later in the day, I take that with me. The psalmist is telling us something that I think we all know, but often don't stop to recognize in our lives. And that is, what shapes our thinking shapes our lives. And so we need to give thought to our input. It's just like the YouTube, you know, algorithm that curates all the videos that you might watch if you if you if you go onto YouTube. I mean, ever since Shelter in Place uh, has been in effect, I've been watching a lot of uh, videos on working out from home, and so the algorithm is just saying, "Oh, you like workout working out from home videos? Let me just send you a bunch more." And so I'll open up the app and I'll just, "Oh, I'll watch that." And I just I'm thinking about working out from home, and then it's just I'm watching it and I'm just thinking about it, and it's just it just becomes a cycle, and it just becomes about so much of what I'm thinking about and. What shapes our thinking shapes our lives. We need to watch our input. Just to pause with that thought for just a moment. Do you give thought to your input? Because I think what we naturally do is we just kind of hit the cruise control and we don't think about it. We don't think about the implications. Even with good things, good inputs in our lives, let alone bad. And if you have some bad inputs into your life, hey, there's forgiveness. The gospel is God sent his son to die for you and for me and for all the things that we struggle with. You can bring someone else into the midst of that. You could surrender it over to him in prayer. But the point here, the psalmist is warning us that we need to watch our input. Secondly, we see a promise, a wonderful promise. Uh, verse 1 begins with, Blessed is the one. Blessed is the one who does not do this, this, and this that we just talked about. But blessed is the one who does do what we'll consider here in a few moments. God wants to bless. His whole book of Psalms starts with the word blessed. He wants to pour out his blessing. Now, when we use that word in English, often I don't know what we're talking about when we say blessed. I mean, it's just kind of a, a word that we just kind of throw out there. But in the Hebrew, it's a very, it's a very rich word. It means an, a, a complete wellness total fulfillment, a wholeness of life. Um, the promise is that God will bless us. Look at verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. 
Now, real quickly, whenever the Bible talks about prosperity, it's, it's not, it usually isn't talking about you know, wealth or health, that God wants to bless you with just an easy life, comfortable life filled with nothing but luxury. That's not what it's saying here. In fact, this analogy gives us, uh, gives us thought into what it, it, it's saying here, this blessing. It's, we will become like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. I love that. Trees aren't always bearing fruit. In fact, for most trees, they're, they're most often not bearing fruit. And trees are going through all the different seasons. Some seasons are, are wonderful. Some seasons, you know, the birds are in the air, you know, perching on their branches. The flowers are out. The fruit is, is there's, but there's seasons of barrenness. There's seasons when the tree looks to be dead, but it's not dead. The tree, if anything, is pushing its roots down all the more waiting for the time to come. And there's seasons all in between. You know, when you think about a tree being dead and, and there's still some life and growth happening then, it makes me think of the tree that's out on our patio. You know, Cindy who, uh, you know, Cindy and our, our, our kids came home with a tree one day. Uh, they have a, a container out there. Um, and we, you know, I was, I've, I've made fun of them too much for this. Uh, even even in past sermons, many of you have been around will, will know, um, because we we we're a family of black thumbs. I mean, Cindy will tell you that she'll be the first to tell you she has a black thumb. And so they brought home this tree. I'm like, guys, the, <laughs> we're just gonna watch this thing die. But you know, I gotta I gotta eat eat my words, uh, eat my jokes from the past. Uh, the tree is alive and well. I mean, it, every year looks like it is dead, but right now. Every year at this time, it starts to come back to life. Little flowers bloom, and then and then comes the fruit. Um, this is the blessing that we will be rooted, no matter the season. A wellness, a, a, a blessing, N- not a blessing of happy, happy, joy, joy. Everything's fun and gay. No, it's it's a it's a wellness. It's being grounded in the Lord to face anything that comes at our, at us in life. And what's more is we will bear. A harvest that there is fruit coming that will grow and be made available to those around us that's the promise okay how do we get that well here's the practice look at verse 2 it says blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night now, in the Hebrew, when it says the word law, which is literally the word Torah, that means instruction. It's commonly, at least when we use it, uh, you know, just kind of colloquially, it means the first five books of the Bible, the, the Torah or the Pentateuch. But actually, most often when it's used within the Bible itself, including this place, it's referring to the totality of the scriptures. So all of God's word. Uh, so the psalmist is saying, blessed is the one who delights in God's word, who delights in the Bible, uh, who meditates on it day and night. Now, what does it mean to meditate? Uh, the word medi- to, to meditate literally means to murmur. It means to, to hold something on our breath. Actually, the Hebrew word alludes to animals chewing, uh, uh, chewing the cud, just like kind of working things over in their mouth. I think about the cow just kind of working over the grass over and over again. It means to ponder something over and over. It means thinking through all the implications of what it is we're thinking about such that it begins to shape who we are and more specifically our decision making. In the olden days, before the printing press, uh, meditation was often coupled with the practice of memorization. 
right? Because everybody didn't have Bibles that they could just break out at any time and just, just read for their own. Uh, that just wasn't possible. So they would, they would memorize Scripture. And the practice of memorizing Scripture helped them be like trees planted by streams of water, helped them meditate in these ways, getting God's Word into their hearts and into their minds. Uh, sadly, memorization is a practice that has fallen out uh, in recent times, in modern times. And, and the reason for that is quite obvious. I mean, we have these phones in our pockets or smart devices that we can ask at any time and get just more information than we need. We don't need to memorize, practically speaking. And yet, it's, uh, it's, it's a practice I'd encourage you to consider because memorization can open up doors for meditation like we're talking about to let our roots go down and, and find the, the living waters that the Lord has available to us in His Word. If you've never memorized before, I'll throw some texts up on the screen, some Bible texts that you can look at, some classic texts that you can choose to memorize, or uh, texts that have been meaningful to me down the years. Uh, if you're like me, when I was first getting into the practice of memorization and meditation that way, I just looked for the shortest verses, shortest verse passages available. Like, okay, I'll do that psalm because it's only a couple. Of, hey, that's great. That's you do that. Uh, you can work your way up to, to ones that are a little bit longer. Because I'll often hear people say, oh, you know, man, it's too hard to memorize. I mean, you want me to memorize six verses, 20 verses? I can't even memorize one. Sure, you can memorize a verse. I mean, it's just, it's just like a spiritual muscle. It's like a muscle that we just haven't used in, for, in forever, and we just, it just needs to be worked. I mean, in the old days, people would memorize all the full books of the Bible. I'm not suggesting you do that. Um, but the point is, you just have to, to build it into your, your system. And you'll find that even actually after a short period of time, you'll be able to do more and more. But how does the, the, the practice of meditation work with memorization? Uh, let's play this out. Let's say you choose to memorize Psalm 23, a classic text, which if you've if you, if you, even if you haven't grown up in church, chances are you know the text. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. In many movies and so on and so forth. Well, let's say you memorize that. In the first verse you memorize, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or I lack nothing, depending on the translation. You, you think about that. You chew it over. The Lord is my shepherd. And you start to think, boy, there's any number of ways we could take this. But you just think, oh, man, I realize... God, I really am more of a sheep than I care to admit or recognize. I really do follow things so easily and readily without even knowing it. I mean, even like we're talking about today in Psalm 1, that we have all these inputs that really do shape the way we go and think and live. I, I am a, a, like a sheep, and I'm so thankful that you ultimately are my shepherd. That even when I wander or I stray, that you ultimately are leading me, guiding me. Thank you for being my shepherd. And it, it, it really is true. I lack nothing. You are my shepherd and I lack nothing. There are so many things right now that, I, that I've convinced myself that I need, but I really actually don't need. I mean, certainly it'd be nice to have. And you're my shepherd. You care about the things that I need and you'll give the things to me that I need and, not need and don't need. But in you, I have everything. So Lord, you are my shepherd. I lack nothing. Boy, that's just one verse. To just, just ponder about it. Last week we talked about going on prayer walks. You could memorize scripture and think about it. And just let it fill you and help you set your, your roots down low as you think about it, as you murmur God's word in your heart and in your mind. Um, memorization is a wonderful, wonderful practice that couples with meditation to help us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer used to tell his congregation, the, the author and pastor I, I quoted earlier when he was asked why he meditates, he said, because I'm Christian. He, he used to say to his congregation, just think about one, two, maybe three verses at a time for a whole week before moving on. 
You don't have to do that, but my, the point is we can't plumb the depths of the richness of Scripture. Um, so memorization is a way that we can, we can meditate. It can aid us in, in, the pro, in the practice of meditation. But, of course, another aid in the practice of meditation is just reading God's Word. And when we read God's Word, when we build it into our life rhythm, it will then carry with us. It will root us like a tree planted by streams of living water. Just this last week on Wednesday, we did our Praying the Psalms uh, that we do every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock for just 15 minutes. If you want to join us, we just pray to start our day. It's a wonderful time. But before we got into the formal time, we're just kind of waiting for people to kind of sign on and then we're going to start. Uh, the, one of the leaders just kind of off the cuff, just in an informal time, casually said, Oh yeah, I was, I was reading something uh, the other day that really spoke to me and helped me in the situation that I'm right now facing. And as they shared, they didn't even realize they were doing this. It was really encouraging and ministering to me. So what had just happened? They had read, you know, for, for a morning scripture reading, that, you know, something that was encouraging to them, that was ministering to them. And as they were sharing that, just sharing how that was ministering to them, it in turn was ministering to me, meaning it was bearing fruit, not only in their lives, but in my life as they rooted themselves in God's word. And that's what happens when we read God's Word. It's an input that roots us uh, in His blessing that He makes readily available to us. As we read the Scriptures, it stays with us. It carries with us. It helps us, uh, it helps us make decisions. It affects us and affects our relationships. It's a wonderful, life-giving input that is a, a spiritual practice we need to put into place. And I encourage you to think about in the midst of this time. So there's the warning, there's the promise, there's the practice. One other thought I just want to consider with you, and that is what you see here in verse 2. If you look at it again, it says, But who's, who delights in the law of the Lord? Blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. I wonder if that's a bit of a struggle for you at times, that this, this idea of delighting in the, in, in the law or in God's word. Maybe it's a little bit hard uh, at times. It, 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 it can be for me. Something that I have found really helpful uh, to delight in God's Word is to remember ultimately what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, God's Word is not just a bunch of stories or encouragement or things to help us live our lives. It has all those things. But God's Word ultimately is about a person who is, is deeply in love with you and me and wants to do nothing but, more, uh, but deepen His love uh, in us and through us. And so we can delight in God's Word. This is what Jesus said at one point. He said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Think about that in light of the the tree planted by streams of water from Psalm 1. Jesus said at one point, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as the scriptures teach, as as God's God's Word says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Uh, Jesus is saying this whole text, this whole Bible is about me and my love for you. And most specifically of all, greatest, the greatest act of love of all was that he came to live the life that we couldn't live and die the death that we deserve on the cross for the forgiveness of sins to bring us into a relationship with himself and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. That we can begin this relationship with, with God and deepen our relationship with Him. That's what ultimately reading the Bible, memorizing it, and meditating on it is all about, is it's coming to Him. And that is something worth delighting in. 
is receiving from Him, putting our roots down in Him. Uh, I would just encourage you today as we think about this spiritual practice to think about think in the same way that we thought about prayer last week. What can be your next step? I'm just like the casual jogger doesn't just one day decide, okay, tomorrow I'm going out and running a marathon. How can you take a next step in all of this? Maybe your next step is to start reading Scripture or to try reading it to begin with. Uh, maybe you're new to the faith or trying to figure it out. Uh, what I suggest to you is maybe read through the book of Mark, just a, a gospel account of Jesus' life. And as you read it, maybe read a, a chapter or a little section in one sitting. Just ponder it over. Think about how Jesus interacted with the people that he interacted with and what that means about his heart to interact with you today and me. Um, if so if you've never read, your next step could, could very well be reading God's Word. If, if, you've, if you have read God's Word, maybe you've fallen out of the pra- practice of reading God's Word, out of that life rhythm, how could you build it back into your life rhythm in the midst of shelter in place? How could you find times to put your roots down next to that living water? And then lastly, I'd, I would encourage you to consider memorizing Scripture. Whether you have before in the past or maybe you haven't for a while, memorizing Scripture is, a, is first of all, a very fun activity, but it's also something that, spiritually speaking, can pay dividends for the rest of your life. Uh, I can't tell you how many times in the middle of the night when I've had an anxious thought working through my head that Scripture has really kind of helped me. Having Scripture that I could just memorize in the dark that I've had memorized to think about in the dark has helped me through. That can ponder and encourage me and, and help me take steps forward, grounding me with, with the roots next to the Lord. I encourage you to think about memorization. Small groups, maybe you guys choose to memorize a, a scripture text together. Families, you can do this together at the dinner table, maybe memorizing a verse or two uh, each night as you guys eat dinner. You don't have to do this, but just, just some thoughts. Um, the point is, as we've considered the spiritual practice of meditation, what could a next step be for you as you seek to put your roots down all the more in the Lord during this time? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for your word that quenches our souls like streams of water. Would you please help us minimize input that's harmful to us and to others? Forgive us when we have bad inputs in our lives. Help us in the midst of it all? And would you please help us put down roots in you, in your life-giving word? Uh, Would you please bear much fruit in and through our lives for your glory? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.